Hi, I'm Ben Bies. And I'm Carly Bies. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Hello and happy Thursday, friends. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Every time we start recording, we try to think of it, it's we not we don't even really try to think. We just are, Ben just is like okay, ready, go, and it's really just whatever comes to mind. So <laughs> there you go. It's happy Thursday every time. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we do it a little different every time. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, happy Thursday. And thanks for tuning in and um, for listening to our latest episode, which was our um, top 10 to 15 reasons you know you're in a cult. Um, And we had a couple other uh, ones to add to it, right? Yeah, suggestions from friends. Yes, suggested from some friends. That really were true. That were in the church with us um, that... Yeah, we just didn't touch on because we forgot, but definitely agree with. And yeah. one of them, go ahead. Was if you leave the church, you're ostracized. Yes. You're, you're not, you are no longer partaking in the promise anymore. Yes. You are no longer part of the remnant. You are, you know, you're dead to me. Yes. You left, you're dead to me. You gave up. You didn't count the cost. Mm-hmm. You're not following through. You're not finishing the race. Um, although I feel like those are all <laughs> implicit with the Christian life, but <laughs> when well, we really, but it, it has to be with that one church. There so, were a yeah. lot of people that had left the church that were close with us, people from college, um, that just, you know, couldn't hang <laughs> that we, we really couldn't socialize with cause they would still be in the area in the LA area, whatever. And, and some were, um, you know, married and, had married somebody outside the church, you know, which was fine. They attended another church, heaven forbid. <laughs> Part of the body of Christ. I can't believe them. How dare how they? Da- how dare they? <laughs> um, but, yeah, we were, like, not necessarily allowed to, like, connect with them. And I remember you even, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I had one of my old roommates was a part of the church and then, you know, part of our old Bible study, a part of the church, and then eventually left, um, and, you know, married somebody who was a part of another church whose dad was a pastor and (laughs) it's like, yay, great for her. Right. Um, but she, you know, didn't fully understand what we were going through and what our church was about. So it was almost like, against the rules to kind of hang out with her and spend time with her, even though she was still like close by. And I remember not necessarily getting in trouble from you, but it was, it was like definitely frowned upon like, Oh, you shouldn't be hanging out with her because she, <laughs> she like, probably gets a paycheck every week. So <laughs> no, it wasn't why about would you that. hang out with her? It was not about that, but it was more like, is she going to derail you from like what, 
the truth is or is she going to be like a bad influence on um you know, just, I don't know what we were, what we were being told and what we were trying to do. So that was like a real conflict for me because she was still my friend and, um, you know, had experienced part of our church. So she was like, she could relate. Um, but she was also kind of like an outside person that I could talk to, but then again, not really because it was just hard to be able to confide in anybody, especially anybody outside the church. But, um, Anyways, yes, that was another huge sign. People that did leave the church, they were in some way um, shamed and told, like, it was, it was, there was a reason why they left, and it was... Yeah, they couldn't hang. They couldn't hang, yeah. yeah, That's really what it was. Um, And the other one was, which we kind of touched on a little bit, was just basically, you weren't really able to have any sort of friends outside the church, because they just didn't get it. And so those kind of those two kind of go hand in hand, but um, yeah, they didn't have the uh, hours of three a.m. to eight a.m. open to hang out with you. So <laughs> apparently we they agreeing. couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't hang. They couldn't hang out with us during those times. So <laughs> um, yeah, because it was just it was very conflicting to have friends that were or people that you spent time with outside of the church because. Um, well, first of all, they couldn't really understand your lifestyle or the time that you were giving to the church or the business. So um, that was that was a hard one to explain. And if I did things on my own and people wondered where you were, that would just raise a lot of other questions. So it's just better just to not um, do that at all. Yeah. And it was like very much advised to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, secretly advised, secret, passive aggressively. Yeah, advised. very passively yeah. aggressively advised for sure. Um, so there's an added couple for you. Yeah. So go ahead and do another inventory on your life. <laughs> Make sure you're not in the cold. <laughs> yeah. And again, just to clarify that we are not experts, and um, these are not the only reasons why that you would be in a cult potentially. Um, and you may experience some of these things and like not be anywhere near a cult. Yeah, so, but hopefully you could have a conversation with leadership and say, I don't feel right about this. Yeah. So yeah. feel free and to, do open that. to do and that. And they'd be open to do that. And if they're upset about that, then maybe you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Maybe and not I, a cult, but maybe you're just in the wrong place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, um, to kind of get back on track with the story, um, last we left off was we touched... Touchdown in Touchdown America. Touchdown in America, thank God. Ben's terrible food poisoning from his schmear burger. <laughs> I kissed the ground and then found a bathroom. <sighs> oh, man. Was that not the longest flight or what? <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, but, yeah, we touched down with not a cent to our name. <laughs> <laughs> but some new Italian but a new, leather. No, Parisian. Oh, sorry. Right? Is that how you say it? Parisian? I don't know. Um, yeah, I had a new, uh, Parisian leather jacket that was not real leather, but had to buy it because we couldn't dare come home with the money that was given to us to pay for food or rent or I don't know, whatever. So, um, yeah, we came home and it was basically like back to business as usual, right? Yeah. Back to business, full steam ahead. (laughs) We got some added just inspiration from being in Africa and seeing God move, so now it's really time to make this business go so this can this can be a year-long thing where we're 
you know, our private jet's taking us places. <laughs> you know, we're, our private jet is is going to be coming from the business. So, Well, and what Ben's talking about is that was like a prophetic um, word that was kind of spoken over our church and something that our pastor had said, like, at some point we are going to have a private jet. And so that was kind of like the tagline that we yeah. had in a sense, like, like soon when we have that private jet, you know, next time or, you know, you know, once we have that jet, like we'll be able to, like this won't be an issue anymore. Yeah. And it's funny to talk about it now, but when you say it and you actually kind of believe, oh yeah, yeah, just that private jet will be <laughs> So believed, so believed by so many people in the congregation, like, and, and me too, like, as, like, as much of a cynic as I can be. And, um, like, I, I believed it as well. Like, yeah, like, I believe that this is what God's going to do You can't give everything you have and not believe. Right. Absolutely. Well, I guess you can, but why? (laughs) We did. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Why not just go all in? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're going to be like going all in, then like you, part of you just has to believe these things. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just too gut-wrenching not to. Yeah. But I think um, one thing I did want to touch on before we go into, like, um, going back to the story was when we got back from Africa, you know, I talked a little bit about where I was in terms of how I was feeling about our relationship and um, my connection with Ben. And, um, you know, I really was hoping that... Once we got back from Africa, there was going to be like a real turnaround in our relationship. And this was, again, nothing that you and I ever talked about because we just couldn't. But in my heart, I just knew I wasn't happy and I was experiencing these like desires for another life and like another relationship. Um, And I was really just hoping like coming back from Africa, it was going to be like the obedience that... (laughs) you know, I had put in the obedience and I had put in the work and like, I was faithful to like reap the gift of like actually loving my husband (laughs) and feeling loved by him. Heaven forbid I like desire that, you know, (laughs) but I was really just hoping and praying that that was going to be the change or the miracle that like we went through. It was going to be part of our story of like, things were changing or like good or, um, and again, like we just, we didn't know what was wrong. Like we didn't know, we just knew that like we both weren't really satisfied or happy with how things were. But again, like not together, we didn't have that conversation together. So, um, but I just remember feeling like just praying and hoping that this was going to be like the breakthrough that our marriage was going to have, um, in some sort of way. So, um, I guess, spoiler alert, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> Just guess who was booking their trip to Africa, hoping it would save their marriage. <laughs> Don't do Cancel it. Cancel the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. It's too expensive. Their burgers suck. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that, that felt like an important thing to touch on, but yeah. that was like very much my desire. Like, But it was just, it was back to reality and back to, um, the long days and long hours and, and even more demanded of you after that. Yeah. So we were full steam ahead HW Design Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Officially incorporated by the state of California. So. <laughs> Stupidest. <laughs> we, need, we need to get some new lawmakers that allow people like that to be incorporated. But, um, 
Yeah, so it ended up being another year and a half of this business, like, getting even more intense as we went along. And as the businesses went went along, um, the pastor I th- went on more and more little sporadic vacations in order to really, you know, get God's clarity on what was happening. And That um, was what he said. That yeah, he that's what he said yeah. he was doing. And, and for, I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know. Whatever. Um, but I, there was a time, and we have to backtrack a little bit before Africa, where we were going up to the place in Big Bear, and on the way to Big Bear's Pachanga, and that's a place you can gamble, in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> um, and uh, it was me and three other armor bearers, and we went in. And this is a really embarrassing story, so please bear with me here, because this is like... <laughs> Talk about most embarrassing moments. This was one of them in my life. So we went in to go gamble, and he was, like, so generous. And he, he gave a couple of us, like, 40 or $50 and was like, go gamble on your own. And um, we went to gamble on our own, and I won, like, three or $400 on slot machines. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. And we went back to find him. And he was playing slot machines, and just like anything else in life, he thought that he had, like, the... He thought he had the thing. Like, this is how you win slot machines. You have to find the one that is going at a certain time, and, and he, like he was Like, he on, knew everything yeah, about everything. So he was yeah. on a slot machine, and... Um, thought he knew everything about And he was on the slot machine, and he lost a lot of money, not, like... it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on the slot machine, but he's like, no, it's about to hit, it's about to hit. And I remember thinking, that's a lot of money. And for me, if I lose like $20, I feel horrible about myself. So he was hundreds and hundreds of dollars down the drain. And I remember getting yelled at by one of the other guys, you're not praying hard enough over the machine. And (laughs) it's where I drew the line in my mind. I did not touch the machine and pray for the slot machine. I just thought, there's no way. There's no way I can do... Not that I think gambling is the most horrible thing in the world, but I'm not going to pray over a slot machine that the pastor is going to win money. Was there any point in the night or whatever that you felt like, this is a little bit weird that I'm with my head pastor, like, gambling? It like, was, I know you don't no, feel like no, gambling is sure. the worst thing in the world, but, like, did that feel weird at any point? Because to me, I'm like, seriously, what the hell? No, it wasn't. There, It was weird for me, not that it was. I, I could go out with anyone and feel like I could go gambling and spend, a, you know, well, $100 right, or something right. and feel like, you know what, that's, that's us having fun. But when I saw him putting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in a slot machine, I thought, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then... When also I went, when I won that from. money, when I won the money, from the, the other show. guy that I was no on the slot machine, sorry, oh. the two three hundred. I think I won four hundred dollars. The guy I was with was like, "Dude, you better you better lose all that money because you can't walk out of this place a winner if he locks up, walks out of the place a loser." There's no way, yeah. So I remember because he would have asked you if you won anything, yeah, and you couldn't I, tell him no, yeah, because he'd given us the twenty dollars to gamble. And if he if if he knew you actually won more than him, he'd have like a total yeah, like meltdown toddler fit. So um, I uh, ended up spending all of that, just losing it all on slot machine, and then saving enough for our gas because I thought you know what I need enough to pay for our gas to get to Big Bear and back. And then um, in the midst of that. He, uh, 
he looked at me and another person and said, does anyone have a thousand dollars they could lend me? I'll pay you back. And a thousand dollars is a lot of money. I mean, even any, at any point in anyone's life, if a thousand dollars is a lot of money, I don't know, DM me, you. let's talk to you. <laughs> Good for because you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've always been, I care, I care about taking care of money correctly. And a thousand dollars is a lot of money. And one of my friends said, yeah. And he gave him, he went and took out a thousand dollars and gave it to him. And that was money that he had promised someone else to pay for a car. Couldn't end up paying for the car. And then he, our pastor spent all of that. And then he just knew he was on this. And this was on slot machines, people. It's not like <laughs> we're on high stake poker or something <laughs> or that like re- revolves table. around something with a little skill. It's completely <laughs> luck. But he was completely positive. Then he looked at me and and this was when I'd won the money. From the game show. From the game show. Before we had gotten our money back from our tax return. And I withdrew the last $1,000 we had in our account in cash from an ATM in a casino to give to him. So welcome to my living hell that I actually <laughs> did that. So glad I told everyone. <laughs> welcome. And I don't remember. I mean, I feel like I remember you telling me no, that. No, I never, I never, I never told you that. Well, I, I would never tell would you that. would have known we had zero dollars left But I would never tell account. you that. I'd probably be like, yeah, it was a big dinner or well, something. Well, I thought <laughs> <laughs> big dinner. <laughs> but I feel like you told me that, like, you had to take some money out. Maybe you didn't tell me the amount. And, I'm, and I feel like there's a part of me that was, like, probably upset about it, but I don't remember having the conversation like at all, which is just so sad. Probably because you knew I would maybe freak out. Oh yeah. Which you should have. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, you should have freaked out. Well, and like you defended every part of it too to me. Like there was always like you had to defend, even though you didn't necessarily feel like it was the right thing or you didn't agree with how you were defending it, but you had to defend it to me because you couldn't let me in on like how you were really feeling about it all because we would just all crumble, you know. But yeah, thousand yeah. dollars. See yeah. ya. <laughs> so, but that was a, I, I give that one example that was a little bit farther back from our current story because that I, he went on a few of those other trips and he he stopped inviting me and another one of our buddies who I he just knew we weren't we weren't cut out for that. I mean. We yeah. we were probably more negative than positive in the situation, which we should have been. So that was going on, and then this business is going on, and the business is we already talked about the hours. I mean, I'd get home at two, three in the morning, and and leave again at eight, nine in the morning. And um, but the the thing that really saved us is I, our car broke down. Another person's car broke down. Well, we had we, to, we had to start. It was your Jeep, but. The Jeep broke down. We didn't have enough money to pay for no. You were driving pay for it to fix it. No, that was a different one. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, we were driving that, which was another friend's car that lent to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started carpooling with another two other people in the business to get there, and um, that ended up for the next year and a half we carpooled. Yeah. But and not just another person in the business. Like, this was, like, your best, my best friend, friend yeah. who was also an armor bearer and yeah. also, like, yeah. So it wasn't just someone else in the business. So we carpooled, I carpooled with him, and we we somehow scrounged out enough money to continually get gas to go. Because mm-hmm. um, you continue to not be paid through the business. Correct. Yeah. Um, 
And then as the business went, here's the fun part about the business is we did get some legitimate contracts. We were doing stuff for Verizon Wireless. We were doing stuff for a few really good places in Beverly Hills, and I won't mention their names because I don't want to embarrass them that they did business <laughs> with us. But some like really prestigious things that we're doing stuff I'm for sure celebrities, not and yeah, they're probably not. But <laughs> yeah, they're not. I'm sure they're not. But um, we were picking up some really like legit business, and mostly because we were under, we were making them underpay for the work we were yeah, doing for them. But absolutely. at the same time, it was just what you have to do when you start a business in some aspects where. If yeah, we but were not, not for like a year well, or two yeah, straight. Right. Well, yeah, for a year or two straight. If you're not paying, sinking five grand for your office space, oh it gosh. doesn't matter. Well, that's terrible so, business strategy. So if we, if we were in a in a, someone's house and doing graphic design like we could have done, and we would have really been building a great business because we were getting some pretty good clients and getting some traction. And, um, I mean, I remember very clearly going into – Verizon Wireless and doing a sales presentation. <laughs> Never done a sales presentation before. We'd been up for three days straight. And I stopped by our house when we lived in Lawndale. I stopped by our house and picked up some like foam board to put some stuff on. Oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Me and another you. one of my buddies went in and we did it, the presentation and we, we got the job. So that's cool i guess um, except you guys were late on every single deadline right yeah. because like our pastor was like making revisions but then like couldn't wake up from his slumber <laughs> to like make the revisions well he would he it's not that he couldn't wake up is that other things would he's like an add dog that saw a squirrel it's a squirrel <laughs> um he would just change what he wanted the focus of what's important so he'd start we'd have a very important client and he'd start doing stuff for a free website because it piqued his pleasure instead. So, um, Piqued his pleasure. <laughs> what an idiot. So those, But we had some legit jobs. So from having those legit jobs, our head pastor, um, <laughs> I would say hired. I don't even know if you say hired, but he, he forced us to <laughs> hire three people from the church because... It was this was like our business, but it was also going to be, hey, these people who don't have jobs, we'll give them a job at our business because we're so successful. Because we did something for Verizon, and we did something for this salon in Beverly Hills, and we did something for this spray tan place in Beverly Hills. So we did stuff for them. So we we have a ton of money, so we can hire these people. So we hired um, two people from church who didn't um, <laughs> didn't know how to work email. So this is this is a um, this is a company that completely revolves around graphics and websites and two people who didn't know how to do email. In fact, I still have an email from one of them says, "Hello, Pastor Ben. This is me learning email." <laughs> I mean, seriously, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. I still because, have the email. And this is this is not like in the nineties. Okay, this no. is this is two thousand nine. Email's been around for a while. <laughs> High pastor bed, all lower caps, which I get is a trend now. However, back then, hi pastor Ben, I'm just learning email. <laughs> Send. Send. So, 
That was one of the people we hired, another person we hired, and I don't know what the other person did. Well, yeah, what did they do when they were there? I don't like I don't know. I don't know. And then it was like my my bad for not like <laughs> teaching them enough. And like making no, them remember. learn enough that like you're not being a good you're not being a good employer. You're not being a good supervisor because you're not teaching them. And I'm like, dude, I'm working twenty hours a day. I don't have time to teach someone how to work email. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm teaching myself how to build a website <laughs> and how to how to stink and work <laughs> SQL and and all these other programming languages and, and oh my gosh! But like literally, I remember the person who we hired who sent you that email. Like their entire day was spent figuring out Gmail, like and how it worked and how to. <laughs> How to compose a message, (laughs) how to send it, and how to reply to something. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding you. This is a grown adult person. (laughs) This is not my four-year-old son. (laughs) Yeah, so that, and then another person who I don't know what he did. And then we had the the pastor who liked to mop carpets. We paid him to come (laughs) in. Remember him? (laughs) Yeah. We paid him to come in and clean the office. So, um, one because that was clearly his skill. That was clearly his skill. In in fact, one time, one of our friends from the old church reminded us of this, of this lately. That when he was cleaning the bathrooms, he would he would dip his mop into the toilet, pull out the toilet water, and wash the ground. I cannot. <laughs> and we kept asking each other, why does the why does the bathroom smell so bad? Well, he's mopping it with toilet water. Oh, my gosh. That's why. Um, but those things are important because you have to understand we, we paid those people. Yeah, those two people who those didn't know email. Those three people. Yeah, and then the guy who Toilet cleaned. mopper. <laughs> the toilet mopper got paid. And guy that we didn't know what he did. but that And that guy that you didn't know what, what he did necessarily. We picked him up from his house you, every Yeah, day. you guys yeah. carpooled with him every single yeah. day. He was a member of the church mm-hmm. and kind of like was... In and out of like different jobs, and was like, you know, in his what, like late twenties, maybe mid twenties. No, he's in his thirties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The person who was learning email was in her mid to late forties. Yeah. Maybe early fifties. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so that's that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, they were being paid. They were being paid like in, normal employees. In, in fact, the person who was cleaning was very upset at me about a year or two into the business when we couldn't pay him. And he was like, wouldn't even talk to me. And then the head pastor would call me and be upset at me that we weren't paying him. And I'm like, well, okay, we're trying to pay bills here. And none of us who were actually working 20 hours a day and doing actual work Like were never paid. got a cent, yeah. We're, Which... we're doing, we got our cell phones, phones paid for, and that was But at the same time, like, I understand, like, Carpet Mopper, like, being upset because (laughs) he doesn't have another job and he's, like, older and, like, is expecting, like, was he, like, even getting Social Security? Maybe. I don't know. Like, he was in that age group. Yeah, I don't know. You know, know. so, like, he's obviously upset. Like, he needs to, like, earn a, you know, a living to pay for things. (laughs) Like, probably had no idea that we were getting, that you guys were getting zero dollars. But anyways, whatever. I'm mad at him anyway. (laughs) He was the worst. So... This is us working at this place, and we had mentioned how the hours we worked, and I think for about a year before we got done, there was a time, there was a small portion of the time when 
I would get home at 1 or 2 in the morning, and I would go to 24-hour fitness and work out for an hour. Oh, that's right. Because I was just like, I I was so miserable in life that I needed something, and I knew Carly was asleep anyway, so I'd get home at 1 or 2, sometimes 3, go work out for an hour, hour and a half, and um, then come home, sleep for two hours, and then go back to work. forgot about that. I I don't, I mean, I forgot that we actually, like, I remember it being a very inexpensive, um, yeah, it was like, very inexpensive yeah. monthly like payment for a gym $10 membership. Or but something. it was crazy. Um, that's crazy that we even like were able to afford that. But I remember it being very inexpensive, and it was kind of like, okay, we need like one outlet, or you felt like you needed yeah. one outlet, and I just continued to feel like, like it was it was good for me too because me and. My best friend, who was the wife of your best friend, the other armor bearer, um, like we did classes together there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we continued just to like isolate her. Like we were just were so separate, like living separate lives and yeah. like had zero connection. Yeah. And that was, I'd mentioned at the very beginning, our first episode, how I'd sometimes I'd drive home and just think the only way Carly could be happy is if she divorced me. And that was at this time period in life when I was working at this design company because mm-hmm. it was, I, I would see her once a week and she, she was looking less and less like herself during those times. And I, the times when I go work out at 24 fitness, I remember vividly sitting in my car at two in the morning thinking, okay, I'm going to go work out and just crying in my car thinking my life is a complete mess, but I'm doing everything I can, you know, just thinking mm-hmm. I'm, I'm following God. And in the midst of that, you know, is, is our pastor who's, who's still like the CEO of the company who has this gift of being able to talk to everybody. (laughs) So knows everybody's junk, so can call you out on it. And, um, we'd have multiple meetings as a business, whether it be at one in the morning or three in the morning or one in the afternoon of us coming together and saying, you know, we need to, we need to give more, you know, we, we need to believe as much as he believes, you know, you know, he's the one getting paid, obviously. We need to believe as much as he believes. We need to be able to to make this happen together and um and every conversation that we had that was a little bit demeaning towards the business or him, somehow we'd find out about it and call us out on it. So we're we're scared because we're like, this is our pastor. Mm-hmm. Somehow he has this supernatural sense, knowing behind our backs what we're thinking mm-hmm. in our minds. Um which was really his just ability to talk to everybody and manipulate and um but for people who are really trying to follow God it scares you. Yeah, it's it's like the perfect example would be like when you know when you're thinking like gosh, this sounds really good to eat right now and then you're scrolling through Instagram and there's like an ad for the exact <laughs> thing you were thinking of and you're like how in the world does the internet know what I'm thinking? It's the weirdest thing I can't even describe it. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was like the feeling of like, oh my gosh, like you, you're afraid to even think about, like even in your own thoughts to think about the negative things um, because you knew it was going to get back to him somehow or God was going to tell him. Because that's how we would always phrase it yeah. was like, God showed me yeah, this. Yeah, I was praying. And you know, like, I was, yeah, I was praying and like God revealed this to me. So I think that like even just thinking that now, that was even more of a reason why we were so afraid to talk through things together and talk about things together because um, there was that fear of like, I can't even let myself 
think negatively about our situation and then talk to you about it, which would have been a healthy thing Yeah. because he could have called us in the next 30 minutes and said, Hey God, I was, I was praying and God showed me that like you guys are in disagreement yeah. with me and, um, you know, all of that. So I think that, that it was again, just like so much fear that just, we were in so much bondage and so yeah. many different levels, so much bondage. And here's the, there's a lot of bond. I, I don't want to change the subject, but I was thinking when you talked about the bondage and everything else, in this office space we had, there was this incredible office in the front of the building that was his office that he never once sat in. He never came to the but He never came never to the office. never once came to the office, he did but everything that was from his home. office. And there was like a brand new couch and desk and everything else. And we weren't allowed to be in there because it was his office. And then, you know, when people came and visit, we had to close the door and pretend like he was in there. Um, yeah, it was like I, just I guess that so goes, I'm like, trying to say that goes along with what Carly was saying. Yeah. It's like, this just, no, that's his place. We can't desecrate it by being in ourselves. Yeah. Like, what if, what if we sat in there? Maybe we wouldn't put drop shadow on wording. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I remember when you guys got that place, like the shopping spree that we all went on, we, we talked about that a little bit, but like he has some very expensive pieces in his office. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember a point being there because a lot of like my money, I mean, it was ours obviously, but like I had a full-time job. It was the only way we were surviving barely. A lot of that money was spent on getting stuff. Like I remember spending a ton of money at IKEA, and granted, IKEA is not the most expensive place, but like at the time, that was no a lot money. of money yeah. for us. Yeah, um, you know, bookshelves and and furniture pieces and stuff all over the office. Um, and I remember, I remember thinking like, this is all in his office, and like he's not even using it. And I was really so annoyed about it, mm-hmm. like. Like, what do you mean he's not even here? Like, you're required to be here, but he's not even here? Yeah. Like, I, like, I wanted you to, like, stand up for yourself. Like, you know, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is not okay, <laughs> you know? But there was always some reason or excuse that, like, I was not, you know, I was to not think that. And Yeah. And this was a major, these two years in this this business with that office building was a major point where that Jezebel thing continued to come up mm-hmm. where... I remember specifically multiple times. It, I can remember in my mind places I was at in the office when I was called and said, you need to check your wife. She is out of control or whatever did, it did is. Did we talk about what a Jezebel spirit is? Yeah, we did a little bit, okay. yeah. Jezebel and Ahab. Maybe and, just recap on Yeah, you can, you can look it up if you need to. Well, just well, recap okay. on what Jezebel is. Jezebel is basically like this conniving spirit that is opposed to God and it has a way of manipulating men mm-hmm. because Jezebel manipulated Ahab in the mm-hmm. Bible. So yeah, the Jezebel spirit's like this manip- manipulative spirit of a woman towards a man. Mm-hmm. But Ahab was also the soft weenie. Exactly. Never so so then the man is is an Ahab spirit. Yeah. Like you you can't stand up to to the woman. To the wife. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You just go along with what she wants and as opposed to what God wants to do. So, so yeah, anybody who had any sort of a any female who had an opinion of her own um and I'm not talking like opinions what they are today and like this this f- feminine movement that we're in now. Like this is this is not even close to what that was or 
what that is now um, back then. Like this was anybody who had any sort of opinion or like her own thoughts really, or anybody who had something to say um, that was maybe a little bit different than either her husband or the pastor like had thought. And I'm not talking in some like sort of disrespectful form or, or really anything, but just anybody who had her own voice was definitely labeled as a Jezebel or had a Jezebel spirit. There was like no room for that at all. And that was what it meant to be a submissive wife was to not have your own thoughts or opinions or, um, really anything that was your own, which we've talked about from the very beginning, which was just very different than myself. And I think you're probably gathering from listening to this podcast (laughs) that, um, maybe I am a Jezebel. (laughs) No, it just was very, maybe Jezebel's not bad. It was just very opposite of who I am. Um, and not that I'm like a person who seeks out like controversy or, um, yeah, conflict or wants to stir something up. I just, I like to have conversation about like, why are you choosing this or why do you believe this or whatever? Um, and I'm very true to what I believe, but yeah. So Jezebel spirit was, was used as kind of a term to like, Hey, you better check your wife. And that was told to you several times, but do you remember what exactly it was that I was doing that you were being told to I, I don't think it was anything you were doing. It was like a attitude that he felt like he mm-hmm. felt from you. So it wasn't... What do you think that attitude was, though? It uh, Of just probably anger yeah. and disdain <laughs> towards him, which you was... I would feel that, too, if I was in your position, you know? So it was completely legitimate feelings. It's just, you know, he could feel that and pick up on that. You know, whatever his deal was with who he was, he, he still... I think could see anything that was against him in a way, um, and be able to pick up on that. So do you remember having conversations with me at all about that? Like after he would call you and tell you those sorts of things, do you remember like having to have, those conversations I think with I would have conversations and just try to do it in a, a gentler way because I, I didn't feel like it was necessarily your bad on some of the things like, Hey, Cars or any way you could just try to smile more at him when he comes towards you. Please, God, for everyone here, just just try not to like glare at him from the pulpit. Just please. Which I didn't do those things. I didn't do those things. It wasn't until the very end that I was like, I was a little bit more outspoken about how I like was really feeling or in response to things he would say to me. But um, but yeah, that was again. That was just a, another way of for him to like divide people yeah you know it really was like a way of it 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 was a way to divide people and to have people on his side um and you know the women were the easiest targets basically to just come against in you know in that sense but he didn't know who who he was dealing with (laughs) which was so crazy because you get upset about things like that but one of the big um accounts that we had at the design company was um a spray tan place and we had to film um a commercial for them and do a website for them it was oh my gosh don't even get me started it was like it was legitimately the people who were filming it were i mean the the women were changing in front of them they were completely naked and the website we're doing was very provocative and it and it 
And I remember feeling weird about it. Like, if we're really doing this for God, how can we do this? And then it came down to, well, are you too religious? Like, you can't handle this? And My gosh, I remember seeing pictures that you guys took of, like, this model that was going to be for their website, right? Yeah. It was going to be for their website, and you guys were hired to take the pictures for it and, yep. vid- like, did the video shoot yep. for it. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, are you kidding me? Like, I understand that, like, our pastor is no longer married, so maybe this is not a, like, thing for him, but this just feels really weird that, like, yeah, she was fully nude even though she was covered or whatever, but, like, I remember, like, our buddy saying that, like, yeah, like, she would change, and it was just, like, it's just part of that atmosphere. It wasn't like she was trying to be sexual or whatever, but... It was very provocative, very sexual, and just the fact that you guys took that business felt so strange to me and so weird and so, like, anti... It was just so conflicting to everything yeah. that, like, we said that we were, you know? So here, like, I can't I can't freaking wear a tank top to, like, corporate prayer, but then you're, like, <laughs> filming naked women do yeah. this commercial, and because it's, like, part of the business and, like, oh, you can't handle it, like, are you too religious, like, that you can't deal with, like, this professionalism of, like, modeling? Um, like, I just was, like, what? Like, yeah. so confused, so confused. Yeah. So weird. Like, that's how everything was so manipulated into what he wanted it to yeah. be. You know, like, if he wanted if he wanted to do something, he'd find a way to, like, say that anything opposing it was, like, wrong for yeah. some uh, reason. Even if it was exactly the opposite of what he said the <laughs> day before for something else. Yeah. So that was one of the businesses that was yeah. really... It was a conflict. I, I fortunately didn't have to video or photograph that, but the models came into our business and met with us, and they they would come not, I mean, pretty skimpy clothing, <laughs> which is part of the business. I, I get that. It's just with what we were trying to do and how we were doing a business, like why would you take a business like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was strange. And then there was this um, this amazing thing that always kept us even let's say we only went home for five hours during the day. There was this amazing thing called go to meeting that allowed you that even when you were home for your five hours, that was a big day off work, you could still be at work. Um, I don't know if this is still a thing or if... Well, it's like Google Hangouts, basically. Yeah, but it's... Like a Google chat. It, it, it was go to meeting and you could see the person's... Um, screen during your meeting time and so we would have times where we I I wasn't even a designer and I'd have to sit there and watch him design to try to give him tips on it (laughs) mind you this is after he'd slept from you know four in the morning until three in the afternoon and got us a good 11 hours in and then all of a sudden at one o'clock he wants to work on something and then I have to sit on my computer screen I remember like sitting at two in the morning I would get home and I'd sit I'd sat on my couch watching his computer screen and then (laughs) he'd fall asleep sometimes. But then if he fell asleep and then woke up and you weren't awake, then it would be a major issue. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm so angry listening to this. (laughs) Seriously, go to meeting ruined my life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, like you could, I mean that, that went, that was the same for like phone calls or whatever. Yeah. 
anything that he was a part of that, like, there was, there was obviously going to be some, like, stale space that went on, whether it was quite, you know, he was doing work and you were seeing, like, this, the... Or the guy that was living at his house was doing the work. Yeah. Which we won't even get to that until later, but... Yeah, yeah. Another armor bear who was basically there full time because his wife was gone. Um, and now he was with him full time because obviously, like, as a pastor, he needs full time yeah, armor bear you, service. Why could you not survive on How, your own? I, <laughs> heaven forbid he needs your grown orange man. juice at <laughs> 8 a.m. and can't pour it himself or go to the grocery what store. What if he himself. needs a computer turned on? I mean, what if he needs the dogs walked? What if, what if he needs the uh, bell peppers cut? You know, what if he needs the food made piping hot? So I don't know. Yeah, those are just things you can't do on your own as a pastor. You cannot be bothered with those things as a pastor. <laughs> There's too many more important things to do, um, like go to meeting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that would. I remember being like, wait. So you're actually home from work. That's awesome. But you're still having to be on your computer. Like, tell me why this... I remember just wanting to like... I wanted to understand why it was so important. And you always convinced me that it was. Like, you never... (laughs) Like, you never said like, I don't know, Carly, this is seriously just the worst. Like, I don't... This this is so stupid that I have to do this. It's like, if you had done that, I feel like... It would have been so much easier to like be okay with that, you know, but because you felt like you had to defend it completely and convince me that it was important, even to this day, that feels like something that's hard for us to work through. Like when I hear you say something, I'm like, is it though? Really? (laughs) Like, is it really though? Because I've been through lots of years of you telling me (laughs) that something's important and it really isn't. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the go-to meeting was <clears throat> turn of a century. Yeah. <laughs> what a great invention. It was amazing. <laughs> um, so that was a big thing that even when we left the office, we were doing that. And, yeah. and again, the hours were crazy and we, we weren't bringing in any income and every once in a while we would get like 20 or $40 together. I don't know if it was from him. Sometimes he'd send some money to get, go get some food and. Um, there was a convenience store across the street we Femima. used to go to. Famima, yeah. And and they had like the best sticky buns. Sticky buns. And they were cheap and it was amazing. That place is no longer around, is it? I don't know if it is. It was amazing. It was almost like an upscale seven eleven. Yeah. Like really upscale, like Asian hip yeah. swanky place. Yeah, it had like red bean um sticky yeah, buns. Yeah, sticky buns, and, yeah. So we go there and then one time we got forty dollars and we we walked across the street as an office and there was I think seven of us who were there um, walked across the street to get food. Because you guys hadn't eaten, and you had no food at the office, and you were there for obviously three meals of the day. Yeah. And we went to get food, and we were trying to ration our money. and <laughs> so sad. And I was like, I saw Manwich, and I'm like, oh, Sloppy Joe's Manwich, this is awesome. And it was like 99 cents, and it was a huge container of it. And I thought, huge can I can't believe this is only... Guys, we could eat this for like five days. This is amazing. <laughs> and we brought it back. <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say, <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
the man which can had actual meat in it. It wasn't just the sauce <laughs> for sloppy joes. Just so, the sauce. No it was meat. just the sauce. We had no meat. So then we actually didn't have any food either. So <laughs> we put sloppy joe sauce on everything for weeks. Oh my gosh. Um but yeah, that was that was one of the times when we had come a windfall of twenty to forty dollars. I remember bringing like making food to bring to you guys occasionally when you know I was able to or like I got paid and was able to like make some food and bring it up. You know that was like a you know huge treat. But remember one of the other guys, um, I don't know if he even had a gym membership, but he the only way he like basically was able to like shower and stuff yeah, was he gym. he went across because he like basically lived he in the lived office. there yeah he lived in the office in his seat like. Yeah. He had a place to live, but he, like, I, I complained about being home. there 20 hours, but he was literally there. He was, like, our lead designer. He was there 24 hours yeah. a day. because he was really the only one that had any sort of, like, computer art design yeah. experience to begin with. Um, well, there was, was two of them, him and, him and another um, female who was awesome, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she, she, like, yeah, she went home. She was married, so I feel like that was kind of, like... Yeah, she could do some work from home. Yeah, that yeah. was... A, a good thing for her in the sense that she was able to be released to go home at some point. Whereas this other guy who was single was like, Oh, he can stay as long as he needs to kind of treatment. Um, but yeah, he, he was there 24 hours a day and really the only way he was able, he was, he would go to like the gym across the street and like actually shower. Yeah. That was the only way he like could, and he couldn't go home because what if like, there was just always something to be, to be done. Yeah. And again, the hard part of the work was that morning session when the pastor was sleeping where if anything came in, had to be done immediately, mm-hmm. but then you couldn't get the feedback from, mm-hmm. so you had to kind of like just guess, okay, is this okay? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important like for people that don't know like art design or like writing code or whatever, like it's a, it takes a long time. It's not just like a... I know you would always get annoyed when people be like, get their website back and be like, "Hey, could you just could like you scoot move this? Could you just part move that over picture over? Yeah, bit? I'll like, recode the entire thing. Like, it's not yes. as easy as just like space bar a couple times <laughs> yeah. to like scoot it over. It's so much more involved than that. So you get a lot of people that were like, "Hey, could you just like, I'm just like wanting this a little different. Like, do you think you could do that? Like, in yeah. the next hour? Um, and then you've got like a Nazi pastor who's slash CEO who's like doing the same sort of thing because he's not fully understanding like the writing of the code and all of that. Yeah. So he'd be the one who'd be like, yeah, we could do that. And then yeah, look at us and we'd have to put in the work to actually do it. Yeah. Fix that part or whatever. Yeah. So, but this is the point where, um, we'll probably end this for today. I don't, hopefully this wasn't too jumbled of all this information, but this is the point where things are really hitting ahead where it's like, holy cow. We're working 20 hours a day. I never see my wife, but we still don't have anything to show for it. Mm-hmm. We're starving. We have no food. We can't. We're maxing out the credit cards we somehow paid off because of a game show. And, and we can't pay for gas. We, we have no friends except <laughs> the ones in the church. We're dying. Our, our marriage is failing. And um, that's what brings us to basically um, two years into the business when things 
I think I feel like over the course of a six month period really took a dramatic change mm-hmm. in our lives. Well, let's not forget what any sort of money that did come in. Where did that money go towards? His cable bill. Yeah. Well, that was going to be in the next oh, bit, sorry. but since Carly, you know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> said that we'll say there was a point in our business where we were. Um, we were legitimately bringing in some money. Again, we weren't getting paid. Um, no one was getting paid. And but we were our, still barely making. Oh, we're rent. yeah, we were paying our rent, paying our cell phones. But at that time, like paying our rent and our cell phones, I was like, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm on the hook for this like, stuff. And even like late, like for that. Yeah. Story. And not to mention like our personal rent at home. Like we were late every single every month. month. Like I had to call our landlord, and thank God that they were like understanding enough to be like, you know, it's okay, whatever. But yeah, we were late several days every single month, which was just humiliating because I had to deal with that. Yeah. So there was a point in our business, like right before when all the payments were going to go out. And this was with about after about a year and a half in the business, when all of a sudden I looked at the bank account and there was 2000 less dollars. And it meant that I wasn't going to be able to pay some of the bills that are mm-hmm. that we owed. And, and you like, were in charge of paying all. Of yeah, those. and I was like, was "Where really did that? Where did stress. that money come from? You know, why? Why did? We, how did we lose two thousand dollars? And it ended up being um, our pastor's cable bill, and it was seventeen hundred dollars. Seventeen hundred dollars. <laughs> Someone please try to get a cable bill that's $1,700. Someone please, please try. Just try. Let me know. I won't pay it, but if you could do it, just show it to me. I'll pay half of it just to see that it's possible. Just to see that it's possible. But what he would do is he would like pay for pay-per-view movies, right? And like watch five minutes. He'd watch like five minutes. I'm over it. Let's watch something else. Yeah. And this is what he would do like all through the night when all of his like employees... Are working. Yeah, maybe like yeah, ten movies a night or something like that, and <clears throat> and then he you know couldn't pay at one time because you know church was late on his bills and he used the company credit card to pay for it. Well, the company business, the the uh, bank account to pay for it, and it totally that was part of the downward spiral for me. I was like, yeah. I can't, I can't stand behind this. Yeah. Like I'm doing everything I can. I'm not getting a penny and you just spent almost $2,000 on your cable bill and I can't pay the cell phones. Yeah. I can't pay the the phones in this place. I can't pay rent. Yeah. Let alone like you guys not eating or anything else like or any sort of personal expenses. Yeah. <clears throat> just terrible. So that's where the downward spiral started and we'll, we'll pick that up um, next week as we talk about this was culminating here mm-hmm. <laughs> into um, some realizations. Yeah. For the first time, some realizations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Final Four for the week. And this week's uh, topic is fears. 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 I've got two humongous ones. So I'll start with one of them. Okay. Um, one of them is sharks. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was growing up not being around the ocean, but 
Sharks scare the crap out of me. In fact, any water where I can't see the bottom, I start to internally panic just a little bit. <laughs> Even if it's like a swimming pool thinking, what if there's something underneath me and it's going to swim up and get me? So sharks, also water where you can't see the bottom. Two really big fears. Although I, I conquer those fears. I love swimming in the ocean. I love, you know, catching a wave. I love you know, body surfing. <laughs> Um, boogie boarding, which apparently, if you're from California, is not cool to boogie board all the way to the sand. <laughs> when I thought the first time I boogie board, it was like a huge accomplishment. I took it right all, all the way onto the sand. In his mesh shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I but pretended yeah. I didn't know you. I, I remember that moment of you riding that boogie board all the way until <laughs> you stopped on the sand. You wore, you rode it all the way to shore. Yeah, and I probably got up and like flexed or something. It was I thought it was so cool. Yep. Yeah. I I, I just pretended I didn't know you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first one. Yeah, that's a that's a true legitimate fear of yours. Yeah. Like, like the chances of you being attacked by a shark are so slim. But. It is like, it's such a true fear of yours. <laughs> so doesn't, doesn't stop me from enjoying the ocean, but it is a fear. Or, you know, all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I don't know what's underneath me. So I, I like going where I can touch the bottom still. Yeah. And at least if a shark grazes my leg, I can walk. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so my first fear is uh, tight spaces. Um, I'm a little claustrophobic. I'm not like extremely claustrophobic where like I have a panic attack or like freak out, but, um, I really do have to like talk myself down if I'm in a situation where it's like really tight or I'm feeling, um, like suffocated in some sort of way. Um, kind of get that way, like on elevators, if there's too many people in an (laughs) elevator or even like on a roller coaster, um, if I like my seat to be super, like, yeah, tight. Yeah, but you love it super tight. I like it like, super you're like, tight. like, hey, can you make it any tighter? Well, because <laughs> that makes it feel more secure, but it kind of depends on the ride, too. Like, if I'm, if I'm in a place where, like, so we went on a ride recently at Knott's where I couldn't, like, stretch my, like, my legs were, like, cramped, and the bar was down so far and like my hips started to cramp and I like immediately started to panic because <laughs> I couldn't move and I had to like, yeah, I had to really talk myself yeah. down from like, okay, you're going to be okay. Like this is okay. Like just breathe. Um, yeah. So tight spaces. I just, I do not like them. I don't like, I like my personal space and I don't like people being too close to me. <laughs> That's for sure true. Not like between us. So don't think it's just like a jab at her. But trust me, in public, it's like, just just give her a little space. Yeah. I think most people would like that, but Carly does. Yeah, that's... Well, it's like, you don't need to be breathing down my back like if we're in line (laughs) somewhere. Like, I get that you're... Like, I get it. You're behind me. Like, you're going to get your turn. Like, just... But I'm first. So just stop. (laughs) That's more maybe annoying. Yeah. (laughs) We'll add that to the pet peeve list. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, my second one, I'm not going to go to my other big fear because my second one would also be tight spaces. I I do panic a little bit 
at one of the, I've twice have been in amusement parks when I've had them <laughs> stop the ride and let me get off because the, the strapping was too tight and I couldn't breathe. And last time we went, there was also one where we were about to start and I got the panic look in my eyes. And he did. Carly's like, just tell him to loosen it up. I'm like, excuse me, should you loosen this up? And it was on my chest and I couldn't take a full deep breath and, and I was trying to like say, okay, I'm going to conquer this. And, and I, but I didn't, I had him loosen it up for me. And then halfway through the ride, it, it clamped down on me again. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming to the end. I'm like, first of all, it was, felt like he was going to throw up because it was go, t- spinning us around in circles. And yeah, you don't I, do well with I, those kinds I, of no. rides. And then I was like panting because I couldn't breathe. I was like, just please God help us through this right end. Please help this right end. And I was way more claustrophobic when I was a kid. Like very horribly claustrophobic. Really? Oh yeah. I couldn't I, didn't know I that. couldn't handle it. I I hated tight spaces. I hated like too many pillows on me. I just not being not being able to like move my legs in a situation. That's why I hate tight sheets. Yeah. Hate that's tight why sheets. You kick I the cannot sheets. stand the hospital corners. I can't all ruined. handle it. I can't stand it. Because I just don't like that feeling of just not being able to move my legs. So, yeah, anyway. that makes sense. I get I get the thing about the like the tight sheets thing. Um, there's just so much effort that goes into those hospital corners that you know I just <laughs> I just deal I with it. <laughs> um, second one for me would be germs, <laughs> and I know we've talked about this a little bit um, as far as. Like my bar soap obsession <laughs> and, but let me clarify the bar soap thing. Like this is antibacterial barred soap and I only use dial. I don't trust the other brands. I think you clarified that last time. No, because I had some people say like, oh, I like bar soap too. And this is what I use. Um, and is a different bar soap and that I wouldn't choose to use because I don't <laughs> think it does what I want it to do. <laughs> so... No, no dig on that person, but, um, anyway, so germs and I don't, I don't remember being like this as a kid. My sister Taylor definitely had a thing about germs. Like ever since we were little, like she would wash her hands so often that like her knuckles would be like chapped and bloody, (laughs) but I feel like it's mostly just in the past several years. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, before that fears come on before <laughs> before kids, it started, but definitely since having kids, oh, yeah. germs. I'm like a freak about it. Oh, yeah. Like I can't even like you. Ben and Truman just got back from Denver for a few days, and I can't even think about if you wiped down the plane and the and the tray. <laughs> With a Clorox wipe before Truman sat there. I know you did it. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't don't want to hear it. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah. I'm kidding you. Okay. I'm like sweating. (laughs) Like that kind of stuff. Like I just, yeah, I get super just like anxious about it. And like my kids getting sick and it is, it's like this panic of, um, yeah, like germs are just, and my mom was always that way too, like very aware of like germs and where they come from. And, you know, she was in nursing school before she had me. So I feel like she has all this knowledge of like medical stuff. I can only imagine. <laughs> that is this strain of, strain of germ. 
<laughs> well, like, I feel like because of her, I know, like, the incubation period of, like, all of these sicknesses and diseases. Oh, um, boy. Camden's just so smart. But, yeah, germs, I, like, I'm just constantly aware of, um, you know, shopping carts and door handles and, okay, excuse me, this is why I hate the the fact that bathrooms don't have paper towels. Yeah. Because they just have the air dryers, and then you have to touch the nasty door. Yeah. You know? So, anyways. Which I um, said I just would use my shirt, and then Carly said, well, what if you rub your shirt against something right, else? Right. That's, that's just not good enough. Like, it's just terrible. So, um, so you can just wait by the door until someone comes in or leaves, <laughs> and then just sneak out. No, I, I use a toilet seat cover. Oh, okay. Like, grab a toilet seat cover, usually to dry my hands off. Um and then I use the ass to open the door. I'm glad I never knew that until this point. That's it's just that horrible, weird. though. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, that like the toilet seat cover like sticks. It's like it does a little bit, but you have hands. to like rub your hands, and it kind of like all balls up and then comes off. I'm sorry, it's better than the stomach flu. I guess that's true. And it's better than having to use the toilet seat cover as toilet paper. <laughs> if a place ever goes out of toilet paper. <laughs> Are you speaking from personal experience? I don't know. Someone told me once. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, I, I always have, like, a tub of Clorox wipes in the car, um, one in the back of the car that I take in the stroller with me if we go in places, um, several things of hand sanitizer and, you know, spray sanitizers, all of that stuff. So um, I'm fully stocked and... Um, I mean, I think just what I'm trying to say is I'm going to be the cleanest person you've ever met with my Bard soap <laughs> obsession and um, my fear of germs. So, yeah, germs is definitely very high up on the list. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> my second major, major fear, um, and you probably can't relate to this, is aliens. <laughs> Wait, say it again so people hear. Aliens. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it was... Um, signs? No, it, well, no, it was for sure. Signs. No, it was when I was a kid. It was when they used to have unsolved mysteries on all the time. If you remember that TV show, Unsolved Mysteries, and whenever the things about like aliens came up, it freaked me out. Right, because well, it's well, all inconclusive. Well, and, and something could literally just come down from the sky and like <laughs> laser beam you up. Then it's I'm, never happened. <laughs> but it's as never a kid, happened to anybody. Right, it has never happened to me, but. Or anybody. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, do you really believe in Jesus? How can you believe in aliens? Whatever, okay? All I'm saying is, as a kid that just freaked, like every once in a while I'd have to like go out to the backyard and get something and I would run because I just had this fear that all of a sudden like a wall would come up between me and the house in the middle of the night and all of a sudden I'd be just taken up by aliens. So it's not nearly as much of a fear now, but definitely like growing up, it was it was a major fear, and I blame unsolved mysteries on that. Well, and I remember watching Signs with you, um, with Mel Gibson, and that was very hard for you to watch because it was first of all a very scary movie. Anyway, such a good movie, but like you like literally like were cringing on the couch when like the aliens would walk by that like yeah that was scene. that was freak that was probably the most scary alien i've seen in a show before in yeah. a movie yeah like, that the was like that the most like, realistic one crazy and you know whatever like the arrival was like 
Yeah, like, that come movie, on. The Arrival was... That could have been way... That was not... If you would have showed him, it would have been better. Yeah. But yeah, the, that, that like, slouched over, like, long arm, long leg alien <laughs> and signs, that's freaky, man. <laughs> like, you guys, this is a legitimate fear of his. Okay, remember last year when there was that... Um, what was that, like... Oh, it was... Um, it was a satellite or something that was launched out yeah. of out of somewhere close to us, and I I was on a you run. You on a run with Truman. With, Tru- with Truman, and and it was almost like dusk. Yeah, the sun was just going down, and I saw it, and I sprinted home as fast as I could because I thought one of two things is happening: there's an alien invasion, or like Isn't someone. Isn't this incredible? Like marking in the sky. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was like this huge boom and, and, and like wasn't, electric. Yeah, and there wasn't like any like everybody was posting. Right, about there was it. no like news about it beforehand, yeah. or maybe there wasn't. A, no, so it was like either we're being invaded by aliens. So I was like, I ran home as fast as I could, and I got my gun. And I'm like, all right, I'm just I'm gonna be prepared for this. I'm not gonna go down without a fight. Um, or like we were being invaded by another country with these crazy new. Um, weapons, weaponry, and I don't know what, I don't know. But, but you I, texted I, me. And Did I you sp- text me? No, I sprinted. Because I, I was at home. I was like a mile away, and I, I ran the fastest mile of my <laughs> life pushing a stroller. <laughs> you legitimately got your gun out until yeah. we, like, watched the news, and we were like, oh. <laughs> and you sighed the biggest sigh of relief I've ever seen. <laughs> That was so funny. Oh my gosh. I, I remember laughing so hard because you came home and your face was white. <laughs> you were so scared. It's like, you know what's going on here? Get, get yourself ready. I don't know where we have to drive. Let's go to your parents' oh, house. Yeah, we'll consolidate all our guns. That's what you I was said. Thinking, Let's go consolidate all our guns into one place. Yeah, you're like, hey, we're going to go down to Carly's parents. <laughs> There's more guns there with all of us. <laughs> That's what you. I think you had texted me. Yeah, no, I made up in your mind. Yeah, I'd figured it out. I'd, there was like a plan of a, plan there was, was a plan be. of attack for sure. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got to have those plans of attack. You got to be ready. Yeah, you, you know? were. Yeah, you were ready. That was great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my third one is um, a little bit more serious. <laughs> Sorry to break the mood. <laughs> um, I have a fear of like not living up to my potential, and I mean that in a way of like like wanting to have worked harder in a certain area or be better in a certain area, but like my laziness or my busyness or whatever, like keeps me from really being the best that I could have been in an area. And I don't know, I guess some, some of those areas in your life, you'll just never know if you weren't hitting your potential, I guess. But I feel like that's something I'm trying to focus on this year for myself is, is, um, like pushing myself to, I guess, just higher limits in certain parts of my life that I know that I can, or that I've been fearful in the past to push myself. Um, but yeah, not living up to my potential is like a huge fear and feeling like I've wasted time. Um, you know, and yeah, so sorry, it's a little, little downer, but. <laughs> but you're going to do it. I'm going to do it, folks. <laughs> what am I going to do? Not. Be as fearful. Yeah, yeah. about things. Yeah. yeah. So my, my biggest fear is being afraid of everything. 
<laughs> no, I just, I, yeah, I get afraid. Like, for instance, like, pushing myself to, like, really work out hard. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll think, like, oh, I need to, like, save some energy for the last part of my workout or don't want to get hurt or um, just things like that that, re- like, really keep me from, like, really pushing myself hard. Like, what? Like, what's what? I'm going to die? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, I'm going to die? Maybe. Yeah, probably not, though. Probably not, though. Um, so, yeah, not living up to my potential and wanting to, yeah, like, I'm just afraid of, like, being on my deathbed and wishing I would have, like, done more, or, like, worked harder for something or, yeah. Deathbed, that's a hard fear. Yeah. Yeah. And probably a really common one. Yeah, Probably. Not yours, though. <laughs> I've never worried about that. No, I've, I've worried about that before, for sure. Like, you always worry that you you pass away, and it's like, you get to heaven, it's not like, well done, good and faithful service. It's like, well, you made it in. Left a lot on the table, bud. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even, like, have that fear of, like, I don't know, like, meeting Jesus and not being proud of what I've done. Um, I think it's it's more of like a selfish <laughs> like aspect. I, I could have looked better, <laughs> right? Yeah, wow! I like really could have lost those like those ten pounds, and you know, not really, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like no, I get it. Much more like selfish it. things than um, maybe things that I actually should be focused on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new year. I'm working on some yeah, things. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know, a little bit, little by little, little by little. Um. My last one is a little more serious too, and it's just, I guess it's a fear that I feel like does drive, comes from a little bit of stress and anxiety, but like just not being competent in a certain situation. Like I, I, I would hate going into a situation feeling like I don't have some kind of answer or something in it. Being prepared for it? Yeah, like, or feeling like, you have a job and you're not competent to be able to do that job. Mm. Like that's a major yeah. fear of that's mine that yeah. um, I feel like drives drives me sometimes in a bad way because I feel like everything that I've been able to walk into, God's made me competent and I've been able to do the work to become competent. And sometimes the good things about fears is it drives you to become <laughs> certain mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So it's driven me to work really hard so that I'd never walk into a situation and feel like I can't get it done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that's one of my fears. Yeah. Of like not, yeah, not feeling competent in the situation. Yeah, that's a good one. That's my final one. My final one is um, birds. <laughs> not so much maybe like a fear, but like a disdain. <laughs> um, I do not like birds. I don't like them near me. I don't like their feathers flapping by my ears. I don't like... I just do not like them. They're dirty. They're gross. And of course, I have children who love birds. I mean, literally, our boys love every like type of living yeah. thing. But yeah, birds... But, I take him when I take him to the lake to feed birds. I, oh, I yeah, have to ducks. go by myself oh, because I know that Carly would lose her mind because they, they like Truman will feed a duck to the point where he can touch the duck's head. Yeah. Like they, they peck his, like they bite his fingers and he doesn't care, but I do it. Like I go with you guys yeah, and I do. do it. And so like, I, 
I do things that I don't enjoy because that's part of being a mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not like I'm sitting at home because I like that's hate true. these sorts of things or I don't like... So my fears don't necessarily keep me from doing things like the germs. Like I, I still will go and do things. But the birds, I just... They're gross and they just really, they freak me out. There was something that had happened, <laughs> a couple of things that actually happened when I was younger. And <laughs> it's a little hard to talk about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so growing up, my grandparents had chickens and I was locked into the chicken coop one time. And I think I was like three Maybe I was very young. I don't know why I'm looking to you to, to like confirm <laughs> yeah, definitely that. Definitely three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yes. Um, I was six. At the and time. I think I remember being barefoot or being told I was barefoot, and they just like pecked my feet, and <laughs> I I was I freaked out. Like they attacked me. I was I was locked in a chicken coop at three years old, and they like pecked me all over. <laughs> I don't know if it was all over, but anyway, really don't like chickens. Truman loves chickens. My parents have chickens. I mean, I think we can all agree. Anyone who follows me on Instagram, like has seen the chicken, these poor chickens. Um, But when I was a little bit older, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe nine, 10, perhaps. I was not that old. You weren't even there, so don't even try to tell this story because you don't know anything. Um, I was around that age, and we used to do, like, lemonade stands, you know, back in the day when, like, kids actually did good yeah. things yeah. before they had phones and so much TV. Um But we used to sell pomegranates because my parents have a pomegranate tree, and we would always sell pomegranates because they're like super expensive and um, people love them. And so we live like kind of in a cul-de-sac. And so I would ride my bike up to the end of the street, which was probably like, how far is that? Maybe like... Two blocks. I was thinking like in terms of meters, maybe like... Well, 800? 800 meters, yeah, okay. Um, Ride my bike up to the, the end of the street put a sign up and the house at the end of the street had turkeys. Okay. Like full size turkeys and several of them. And they would let them go on the grass in the front yard and they would just stay on the grass. Like they didn't necessarily like ever wander off or anything. And, um, you know, we would see them as we drive by out of our neighborhood. Um, well the turkeys happened to be out that day, unfortunately. And so I parked my bike, um, (laughs) not super close to the post, which I don't know why I didn't just like ride my bike all the way to like the street post. That's a great question. (laughs) But all that to say is somehow when I turned around from hanging up the sign, there was a turkey that was standing on the street in between me and my bike. And <laughs> I had nowhere to go. So I I left my bike there because 
I couldn't get on my bike like fast enough to like get away. Yeah, because you're way faster runner than a bike rider. No, it wasn't even that. It was like getting to the bike was going to be too tricky with turkeys because then they were all starting to walk towards me. And so I just like booked it home. <clears throat> I think it was like I think it was like maybe reverse. The the bike was like in front of me and I had to go get my bike to like make it home. But <clears throat> anyways, I decided to like run home and the turkeys ran after me and started flapping their wings. I wasn't sh- I don't know if turkeys can fly, but they were almost flying that day. And I have never run so fast in my entire life, that 800 meters or whatever. I ran all the way home and mom was like, what happened? Like I, my face was totally white. I was totally out of breath. <laughs> and, and everybody laughs about it to this day and makes fun of me like that I was chased by the turkeys. And people... You know, people try and say that, like, it didn't really happen or that they were were like chickens or whatever. And you know what? No one was there to witness it except for me and the turkeys. It was, it was terrifying. It was very, very terrifying. Needless to say, I didn't make any money that day. (laughs) (laughs) And it was my last stand for sure um, of my youth. I mean, yeah, it killed your business. It killed my business for sure because I was too afraid to go to the end and put a sign up anymore. You should have just started another business. I should have just had my siblings do it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so therefore, um, I don't like turkeys. I I even don't, like when we go to the zoo and like the peacocks are around wild, I don't like them coming near me. You just, they're so unpredictable. I think that's what I don't like about them. (laughs) They're super unpredictable. And since I have been nearly almost attacked two times... (laughs) Um, it, yeah, I just don't like them. I don't like them at all. And I, I will not go into a bird sanctuary, even though I do go to the one at the zoo because again, I'm a good mom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I don't like them. And you may not like know that that's a fear by like things I do because I will still try to involve myself. I still go to the beach, obviously where there's seagulls, but I'm not going to feed the seagulls because that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, whoever feeds them, you need to just stop coming to the beach because you <laughs> ruin it for everyone. A.K.A. Truman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that wraps up our fears. Um, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.